coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk with a savage gentleman and review new gear. This episode is brought to you by Target Sports USA, the official ammo sponsor of The Gun Experiment. Be sure to check out their Prime membership, which gets you 8% off, free shipping on all ammo orders, and a whole lot more, all for $95 a year. I also want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get the show started without the big man across the table, my co-host, Big Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing? Doing well, man. Uh, it was it was nice to hear Target Sports stuck around for a second episode. I know. <laughs> we got uh, got an ammo, some ammo from them, and well, speaking of that ammo, you ready to uh, to use it? I am. What are we doing this weekend? USPSA, you're in. Yeah, man. And I don't know. Did you look at the squads since we squatted? I didn't. Should I have? Guess who's going to join us? Who? Frank and his buddy and our, my buddy Beck. Oh, he got in. He got in. Oh, nice. So we're uh, we're all gonna and we're, we're squatted together. We're all squatted together. Oh, nice. We're squatting. We're squatting. <laughs> <laughs> squatting and gonna shoot this. We're gonna have the two smallest guns in the squad. But yes, we uh, are. We'll live. That's all right. I've been working with a small gun my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm excited because you kind of have been forcing me a little bit to uh, look into these divisions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know we've been teasing a little bit that I got something coming out. Yep. And uh, I I think I've picked the division. I don't think I'm going to name the division yet. I think okay. we're going to wait just a little while longer, or maybe I'm being too uh, too secretive. No, you're good. It's new for me. I'm never secretive. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're good. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. So uh, we'll get to go out there. Awesome. I'm glad you uh, made me look at these divisions a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. Like once I went down the rabbit hole, it was kind of cool to learn a little bit about the, the sport or whatever, you know? Yep. Yep. I still so. am fuzzy about the scoring. I uh like I know obviously the uh the different ranges of uh scoring within the targets. Yeah, it's I, a little confusing. But at the points but system I'm like whatever. Oh. So they pay someone to do that for Yeah, yeah, scoring. I just want to go and shoot and have a good time and not shoot somebody. Boom, 20 bucks, a lot of shooting. <laughs> a lot of shooting. I like it. And uh ammo from Target Sports USA. Yeah, we'll uh, do a little uh, review on that. Uh what they sent us some match grade ammo. Match grade ammo. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. It was I I know this is like superficial of me, but like the box was like sexy. I like the it. The box looked great. Sharp, yeah. gold, gold, like golden yeah, it's, box. It, what's their brand? Apex is, is that the I name? think it's yeah. Apex, yeah. I've never shot it before. I don't I don't know. I always buy the cheapest stuff. <laughs> I had to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get this thing going. Uh, just a couple of quick things. So uh, make sure if you haven't already, you join on our Discord page. Come and join the community. Start talking about cool stuff. We do everything from barbershop talk to MMA and jujitsu and all the gun stuff you can talk about. So have we join got any, us. Have we got any cars in there yet? I don't know if we talk cars yet in there. Nah, really. we can get okay. we can get a car car room. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll take that. Uh, I'll uh, all right, take cool. that contribution. Awesome. Anyway, let's get this thing going. Uh, so our guest tonight is a former school teacher turned professional MMA fighter. He would eventually go on to create Savage Gentleman, a handcrafted retail brand, podcast, and overall philosophy for men. Please welcome Josh Tyler to the show. Josh, how's it going? Good, man. How are you guys? Doing We're awesome. We're doing well. I, I want to know, Josh, did that meet your level of professionalism? Man, I am fucking blown away. <laughs> Was that yeah, enough razzle-dazzle? <laughs> that was, dude, I am razzled and dazzled out of my <laughs> 
<laughs> they're pencilless now. Um, yeah, if you feel a little tingle down below, I mean, I, what can I say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On me- I mean, I have I to mean, take them off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys have a set schedule. Like you release them on a set date. You have sponsors. You have man, outstanding work, gentlemen. Josh, I, let me let me just tell you, I'm if I don't release impressed. on the second and fourth Tuesday, cities riot. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, man. Damn. Well, I'm 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 really grateful for you um, keeping the peace. So thank you for your <laughs> in that, sir. So listen, tell us a little bit about Savage Gentlemen, both the company and the ethos behind that company. Oh man, how much time you got? Um, I'll, I'll try and make it concise because there's it's a lot to it. You know, on the surface, yeah, we're a retail company. We sell cool shit for guys, right? Um, either for the Savage or the Gentleman. We've got a lot of leather goods that we, for the most part, as much as we can, we make ourselves in-house. Um, we have an apparel line. We have some other knickknacks and chotskis and just just cool stuff in general. It kind of surfaced from what type of stuff would we like to have ourselves? That's kind of been our guiding light in in our product development with my business partner and I. And so that's that's kind of how we keep the lights on with it. It, it, it actually did start as a podcast. Um, to talk about this philosophy of what it means to be a savage gentleman, which is essentially embracing both sides of being a man, right? Uh, A lot of, there's a lot of savages in the world. There's a lot of gentlemen in the world, but it's rare that you can find someone who can be both. And that's kind of our ethos is making sure that we're, we're embodying both aspects and we're developing and cultivating both sides because ultimately that will, what lead us, that's what will lead us to becoming our, uh, our idealized self or reaching our fullest potential. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's How's funny. That? It's great. Yeah. No, it's funny <laughs> because, uh, we've had, we've had a number of female guests on the show. I think there's been more, more men for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Keith, yeah. Way more men, but there's been a number of females and not necessarily by choice, just the way it happened. Yeah. And the, the women are always very, very good guests. They're very poised. And one of the things that I always point out is that in the shooting world, women are, are, the number of women shooters is growing by leaps and bounds. So we've had mm-hmm. we've had some female shooters, but I thought you would be a good guest because I do think there's a part of guns and man manliness and and manhood that go sort of hand in hand. And that's not to knock any women out there that are shooters. I think that's amazing. I have daughters. I have women a wife. can be savage. Yeah, that is true. But this is savage gentlemen. Don't yeah, forget. Yeah, no, no, that's and true. so I just, I thought it was kind of, it would be cool to kind of bring it back a little bit to the idea of, you know, where guns and men sort of traditionally have fallen. So I, that's why I brought you yeah. on. Yeah. And we're, we're obviously a very pro second amendment, uh, company. My business partner is a Marine. Um, I'm a, gun enthusiast i would is probably the best way like you know i'm not as high speed as the the beard and and operator sunglasses <laughs> sometimes appear like I, I i take some pictures like fuck dude that guy that guy is i guarantee he just he is smooth i'm super not like i can make it go bang and generally put it in the direction i want it to go um well but generally, yeah, I'm not, is, generally is a good start thank you for that yeah you know i mean that's that's my aim is just like all right make it go in a safe direction and we're, we'll be good um and if i could do that then that's that's a win um but as far as like firearms and masculinity i think you know really and i'm sure you guys discuss this concept of it's just another tool yep. right and and the effective use 
of tools is what kind of separates us from from everything else, right? And and now in, in modern times, you need to be able to use those, I think, to the best of your ability for the situation, you know, for whatever that situation is. And part of the savage is, man, being able to throw down when the need, when when the time comes and using a firearm in that to defend yourself or what have you, or to put food on the table or whatever means you're, you're trying to do. I think it embodies that. So, yeah, I think that firearms fit um, very squarely in that because why would you, why would you handicap yourself in your ability to accomplish a task? Right. And I, and I'm all for using primitive means for, for different things. Like I'm, I'm a weirdo and I like to like try and shoot squirrels with a stick bow, you know, like some <laughs> kind of nut job. And it's like, Hey man, you know, like a, a 22 with the scope would be way more efficient. If you did that, you know, the whole, the whole savage thing wouldn't be part of your ethos. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure I you guess do that. Right. Well, I, I was walking, I was walking around the golf course the other day and I saw one of those Canadian geese and I was like, I'm going to catch that thing with my bare hands. <laughs> there you go. See, and I think, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think we we shouldn't limit ourselves. And part of part of the mantra that we've had with Savage Gentlemen, um, and you can see that our it's it kind of guides our aesthetic, where we do pay some some homage to kind of a bygone era, right? We have a very yeah. vintage theme and aesthetic, and that's that's not accidental. Um, but we also we also want to blend. You know, we don't want to throw out everything new just because it's new. We don't. We're not married to you know. The old tradition style. and, and yeah. the old style for everything. Like there's some value in it, but it's, you know, there's a dichotomy of both old and new, just like there's a dichotomy of savage and gentleman. And I think the best uh, method is to blend. Your website is definitely attractive. You know, I, well, there's, you know, there's a handsome guy all over. No, it, so. I didn't mean it like that, Josh, but uh, thank you. For taking, <laughs> thank you for taking it there. I, I, I somehow ended up being, when I was like snooping around, I somehow ended up being offered a, um, are you a savage gentleman quiz? And oh. I had fun with it. I, I, it, it, it took me, uh, I took the bait and, uh, okay. I, I gave you my email and uh, I wanted Sucker. to get, I wanted to get my results, Josh. So I um, was waiting, waiting uh, for the results, getting ready to learn, but uh, read them. And um, I, I wanted to share a couple of the questions that I thought were really fun. Anyone who's you know out there, please go to the website and you can find this quiz. And basically, like one of the questions was, you know, when hunting a bear, what weapon would you use? And you listed a Marlin, a 357 Magnum, or why would I want to kill a bear? <laughs> how do you how do you like your coffee? Black like my soul, or I prefer a cup of tea. You know, what was your dream car? By the way, that list of dream car was okay. I mean, 69 GTO is okay, but I'll give you a couple other ones if you'd like. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. I mean, it's it's an evolving, it's a work in progress, man. I mean, I, I built that quiz. So, you know, I, I am I am open to Well, that was my question. Kind of you, that my, was my question. You, you did help develop it? I, I did the whole thing. That there's no help. I fucking did the whole well, thing start to finish. All right. So are you tracking the different combinations of people's answers? Because I want to know that. <laughs> I have I have the the analytics um, somewhere. It, it it so it sends everything to an Excel spreadsheet, and you know I think if I was to now I'm not smart enough to like be able to take that and put it on some kind of like scatter. Yeah, but you know, you know enough. To, you know enough to accumulate it. 
Yeah, I can. I'm at least accumulating, and then I give it to someone with a much bigger brain to actually make it pretty <laughs> well, and that sort of thing. I, I'm very um, curious. I'm very curious, like what some of the most people. I mean, I was deliberately trying to have fun with it, and y- yeah, the response in the email was excellent. I read it to Mike out loud. Thank you. Uh, before, and uh, I, I kept going, but I think you were going to say something oh, about it. I, I what's funny is he read it to me, and I was like, I was like, what were the results? And I was expecting to say you were more savage. Or you are more gentle. And it was like a really good, like well-written. I was like, dang, I'm like, this is really well done. <laughs> oh, thanks, so, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, we do try to be in, intentional and, you know, for a knuckle dragging cage fighter, I, I do what I can to try and wordsmith stuff and not make it a steam, steaming pile of garbage. Let me cut you off really quick. Cause you just said knuckle dragging cage fighter. I got to tell you, I was looking at a, one of your YouTube videos and uh, I forget what it was about. I don't remember, but I was started reading the comments and you know what they say, like never read the comments. Right. <laughs> and somebody said something and it was so like, come on, dude. Like, I, I don't, I don't even want to say what he said, but it was just so stupid. And man, you gave this like really, really articulate, like shut you down, motherfucker. Like I was, and then the, the guy argued a little more and then you were like, again, like another, like real, like eloquent answer. And I was like, Oh man, I'm like he just gentlemen like, the shit out of this like guy. Like almost like a like a Steven Crowder kind of response. Like it, it was just so like really really articulate. The, the articulate's the word, man. Like yeah. it was like man, he really made this guy look terrible. <laughs> so like you know you can call yourself a knuckle dragger all you want, but like there's definitely like a good brain rattling around in there. So kudos to you. I was going to say what, what my one of my last questions for this particular topic on the website and stuff and and the email was. Uh, can you please tell me what the the current top contenders for the name of the Jason Bourne and James Bond love child are? <laughs> oh shit! I'd have to man. I would have to co- go through and uh, and comb back. So that was something we were doing for for a while there, and I was tracking it pretty hot and heavy. It, it, it's still it's in a list somewhere. What, but what do you we remember? Had some really good ones. Yeah. I mean, I get I, I I generally as best as I can, and I've kind of lost track of it now because life and and man it gets to the point where like oh shit we're like getting kind of big as a company i can't answer every single one of these emails (laughs) directly but for a long time i was and so man there were some people who came up with some really freaking good answers to that and they still live somewhere you know for at least for the the kind of people that we're drawing in in terms of answering the quiz i think we skew more heavily on the savage side um you know i i from like the mostly savage to full savage is generally a very natural progression based on the way the questions were. And it's fun. Like, I know that's really all you meant it for and it is fun. And I think that, you know, anyone who's, you know, shopping, I mean, it it did pique my interest. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, obviously I was doing research for the show, but it kept me interested and I stayed on it. I, I could have moved on to another article about your fighting or something. Right. And so I think you're doing a good job there. And I'm not surprised to hear that, you know, the answers are leaning more towards savage or more towards. Well, I would say, listen, if I were to like, listen, and I have listen to your podcast, go to your YouTube channel, look at your site. If I were to like, paint a picture of your demographic i'm pretty sure i could tell you the stereotypes that and i feel like in some ways i fall into this keith you fall it's gonna be you know guy likes cars guy like guy Mm -hmm. typical what we think of as guys guys that you know the progressive left hates that's that's what i would picture and so it doesn't surprise me that that's the demographic however i know some real 
and I, and, you know, tr- truly savage individuals. And when I say that, like very um, adept fighters, you know, very, very talented fighters. I know people who are, you know, Keith, I'm sure you could mention some things with like car guys, right? Mm-hmm. Really no cars, right? Yeah. But, you know, when you talk to them, they're really great guys. They're good family men. Like that doesn't mean that there's not that gentleman side to them. Yeah, that's the know? idea. I mean, um, buddy of mine, Randy Couture is a shining example of that. I mean, the guy's an absolute stud. You know, we had him on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago and like the guy writes poetry and shit, you know what I mean? And then also, you know, he's, he's a army right. vet and could cave your skull in at the blink of an eye, Right. And yet he's, you know, he's an actor and he's into art and all these other things, very articulate guy. And so, yeah, I think that's, man, I don't know why we have settled for this notion that, that we can't be both as men. Like we, it, it seems as though people pick their, their tract and they're decide like, okay, well, I'm going to be a jock or I'm going to be a nerd. And then they just, you know, take that path, um, you know, just, just full on without ever even looking to the left or the right. And I think that that's a huge misstep in society today. It's interesting that you say it that way, because Mike and I on the show kind of talk about it that way as well, which is like the fact that people are so, Mm -hmm. lack of a better term, one-sided. We lose the middle ground. And, you know, people are just so like you said, they just pick a track and they just run on it and they don't, they don't see anything outside of that track. And they think that that's the only track that's acceptable. And, um, it's that people forget. I, I think most often people forget to, to remind themselves of saying, okay, I want this track. You want that track. But it's okay. You take your track. I'll take my track and let's just talk about track. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes is uh, a Jordan Peterson quote, and it's the, a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control. I love that quote, you know, because I, I think that's one of those things where you think just because someone has the ability to be violent, they can't well, be a Well, it, good it gives you perspective, and I think that's what we're true. lacking, right? When you don't ever explore any of the any anything yes. outside of what your comfort zone is like whatever this little small niche that i've carved out for myself if i never dabble in anything else or experience what's outside of that then my, my scope is always going to be limited so i'll never be able to even remotely understand someone else's perspective or, or where they're coming from or anything out outside that and again i think it's just very limited but if you can exist in both as both a savage and a gentleman simultaneously, then look, you may not agree with every single idea or person out there, but at least you'll have a much broader base to, to stand on when you interact with them, whether that's, you know, freaking hammering out on the keyboard online and dealing with, with trolls or maybe it's a face-to-face confrontation, but yeah, we, we, we tend to get too, um, yeah. too myopic in, in our interests. And again, it's a problem. I think I forget to quote it, it, but it says that specialization is for insects. You know, um, we, we've lost this idea of being <laughs> well-rounded a Renaissance man. And it's nothing new. This, 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 you know, savage gentleman is like the cool, hip, sexy term that we've assigned to it. But man, the ancient Greeks talked about, you know, cultivating your, your, your body as well as your intellect. I mean, that was a huge, um, component of their philosophy and ideology. Yeah. And again, somewhere along the way, we just seem to have lost sight of that. So it's interesting you brought up the ancient Greeks because, but also kind of bring this back to the whole firearms thing. Some would say that 
right now we can get all the food we need from our grocery store and we're living statistically in the safest time in human history. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of touched on it earlier, but like, do you feel guns are still necessary in a man's life in 2022? I, the only way that they wouldn't be is if someone could snap their fingers and then make them disappear. Right. And then, and then also all, all knowledge and understanding of ballistics be eradicated. And then, yeah, you know what, that would, would no longer be necessary. But I think in the same way, it's like you also, it's not really necessary to be able to squat two times your body weight, right? When are you ever going to need to do that? Unless you were, you know, a strength sport athlete or something, you don't need that sitting at your desk being, you know, an accountant. And yet we all know that exercising the body is useful. Right. And there's some health benefits along that. But there's also there's other areas. You know, why is art necessary? Why are all these different things? And, and they do something for us. Right. Yeah. Um, they're useful beyond like, yeah, I'm not going to probably get into a gunfight on a regular basis. But, man, knowing what to do in that situation will be really useful. Like, I also don't need <laughs> yeah. to know. I mean, I don't need to know how to do a water evacuation on a plane until I need to. And they, man, and they, and the likelihood of it is small, but damn, if they don't go through that spiel every single time you get on an airplane. Yeah. Do you by chance hunt, Josh? I have hunted. I would not call myself a hunter. That's something that I haven't really gotten deeply into. So I've gotten really into it the last couple of years. I've done it my whole life, but I've really gotten into it. And, um, I, I've been putting deer on the table regularly for the you know past couple of years, and uh, last year I got one with a bow, and I'm progressively sort of checking. That, that's a good that that is that's like you're starting to get to the level like when you're able to hunt with a bow. Yeah, and yeah, um, that's a, super legit. Yeah, so what I was gonna say is like uh, my my wife doesn't really eat venison, but my children both do, and, and my children in the house both do, and I have to tell you. At, I've said this to my wife before. Now, you know, I process the entire deer myself, so my hands mm-hmm. get bloody. And, uh, you know, I butcher it myself, cook it myself, everything. And uh, from forest to and table, you basically. you do not waste any part of it, buddy. No. I, I, I witnessed you too. <laughs> I, you know, I've said to my wife, when my ch- I watch my children eat the meat that I've put on the table, yes, I could go to the grocery store and get beef anytime I want. But... There's something about the fact that I know that if God forbid the world went kaputs tomorrow, the fact that I have the ability to provide for my children genuinely makes me feel like a competent male. And honestly, I don't even think it has to come to like, you know, apocalyptic terms. I think just just by virtue of doing that yourself um, should have like high intrinsic value. The yeah. fact that I did this you know, I went through this process. I, I like took part of every step of the way in this. I mean, it's, it's, I think people experience a similar thing with gardening. It's like, man, you realize you just spent like $140 in material and in like, so that in a month you can go and get a 25 cent vegetable yeah. out of your backyard. Like yes. that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? That's like the most idiotic if you if you write it out in those terms. And yet, man, people get a ton of, you know, gratification from that exercise. And I think that hunting is the same. Like, man, you did something that is worthwhile, that was good, that provided. And I think that that we are designed to, you know, to for that to register as a positive thing. We should 
get some feel goods from that. So I think it's awesome. I have a friend who's the opposite of me. He hates Mm. guns. He's anti, he's like, he's like you hunting deer is, is a brutal thing. And he, and I said, I said to him, I said, you know what? I said, do you know what's really pathetic? And he's like, what's that? I said, the, you think that I'm a barbarian because I literally reach my arms inside of a carcass and I, you know, do what I do to clean out this deer. I said, but you know what's really barbaric? The fact that you just go to the market where someone did your dirty work for you and you're eating the same thing. You're eating the meal too. Mm-hmm. The difference is I actually did all the work. So I know, who do you think appreciates that animal more? <laughs> I could I could see if they were, you know, if they were vegan and they were just like, no, you should never kill any animal ever. And then, I mean, at least they have some consistency in their argument yeah, yeah but they're you know, only I mean, they're just, on a burger yeah i mean and and honestly man if that's the way you feel if you want to do that to your own body you know but so be it i i, I can't fault you for that I, I wouldn't recommend it but you know man go for it Have but it. to eat me and then also poo poo on someone who is you know taking it and arguably the most ethical and humane way <laughs> exactly. you possibly could you know like there is, I mean, man, have you ever seen what, what happens to animals in the wild? It's oh, not they don't just like, they don't just, it, you know, magically <laughs> fall asleep and expire. Right. They get eaten alive. Like, you know, from the asshole up by a fucking bear. Like it is like, go to the other end, Josh. What, what did, does he have any idea what happened to that cow at a slaughterhouse? At a slaughterhouse? <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, it's not, it's not super pleasant. And I mean, you know, maybe I there's think it's some worse than getting your asshole eaten are, out. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I've, I've never had my asshole no, eaten I, by a well, grizzly I'm bear. Ta- I'm still alive talking to you, so I've never had it either, but. <laughs> <laughs> few have and lived to tell the tale um it's really it, it is weird it's weird like the mental gymnastics people kind of come up with just to justify whatever their like silly nonsensical belief system is and and again like people can believe whatever they want to believe but man you if you're not open to i i don't know like a like a realistic dialogue and you're just like nope nope it's gross there's yeah. blood i don't like it like what? So knowing that you're not, you know, uh, uh, th- that you're competent with firearms, you know, you've you've shot them before, obviously. Yep. What? What's and your, I have some. But well, that's that's kind of going going to my question. What's your earliest memory of shooting a firearm, and and how did you get into shooting? Um. So my my grandfather was was very big into firearms, and they they were pretty avid hunters. He and my and my dad. So they would go turkey hunting and duck hunting. never never much deer hunting for whatever reason um but but a lot of waterfowl and, and upland game type stuff and i remember like even before i touched a gun like they had like little vcr vhs cassette tapes of like the nra like four rules of firearm safety and like just sporadically in between watching like the jungle book and lion king they'd slip that in there and you know make sure we knew not to go grab guns and pull triggers on them um so so that was kind of the first thing and then um i remember we got we got uh pellet guns mm-hmm. at a pretty young age and we were tasked with keeping the sparrows at bay um cuz they would always try and get in the get in the bluebird boxes and so during the summer we would just like post up on the back porch and shoot out in the field and try and defend, defend the bluebird box. Defend and so that bluebirds. was kind of, 
Yeah, protect the bluebirds at all costs. So, you know, that was that was kind of the first memory. And, you know, it was far enough away that we really didn't hit that often. Yeah. Um, you know, a one pump BB gun doesn't doesn't make it very far when you can yeah. just watch the, the BB come out of it. We did manage. I remember the first time we got one. I felt kind of bad because you, you sh- we're like, holy shit, we got it. And then, you know, this yeah. thing's dead and you're just like, oh, man. now what do we do with it? Yeah. You're yeah. just like, oh, man, that was kind of a dick move, you know, because it's not like we're going to. I think it's a rite of passage. I mean, that definitely happened to me growing up, you know, especially if, you know, you're given this BB gun and it's probably more along the lines of this savage gentleman thing than we're even giving it credit for, you know, like your father or your grandfather probably had that same rite of passage. And it's, it's, it's getting over that. Like even for you, Mike, with the deer, like first time I shot a deer, I have to say the first time I shot a deer, uh, I also was not feeling well. You've heard the story, yeah. Keith. I, I actually was <laughs> ill, and uh, but I'm here. I am, like you know, processing the meat in the field, field dressing it, and uh, I, I was like nauseous, and I felt really mm-hmm. kind of like you know. Ugh. And then the second time, it was like okay, like been here before, not my first rodeo, so it's probably kind of a normal thing, a right? Rite of passage, yeah. I think. Uh, well, and I think it's really valuable, and again, something that that. Uh, we we've lost touch with is like the sanctity of life. Like it, taking a life is a serious thing, whether it's, you know, a mouse in your kitchen or a bird or a deer or, you know, heaven forbid another human. Right. And, and I think we're so removed from the concept of death, you know, in society now, like we completely outsource it. Like we don't see anything die. Like we don't even watch our own fucking pets die. We send those to like, all right, well, yeah, you're old. Um, here, sorry, Fido. And we drop them off. You know what I mean? And, or yeah. we, we put old folks in a home and let them expire there alone and by themselves. Like, it, you know, a hundred years ago, like, man, you sat with Nana until she fucking kicked the bucket. Like you were there, you saw it happen, you know? And then you saw, man, this was an alive person. And now this is an inanimate object in the blink of an eye. You know, and, and so we don't really appreciate that, which is no wonder why your buddy is so, you know, um, feels some kind of way because like it, it's just it just doesn't register with him. We, we remove death. Right. And so I think that that experience, like taking a life and, and feeling something, feeling some kind of way is really important and understanding like, man, this is serious. And like, I'm not just go around shooting shit because I can. Right. I think that that is the worst kind of of human that just, you know, is is wantonly wasting and consuming, you know, without any. Any intention behind it is just like and and you see that. I mean, it's again, you see a lot of that in society today where, man, people are just like fucking cramming their faces full of shit. And then, you know, oh, I guess I'm not hungry. I'm going to throw this away. And like you motherfucker like that. That was a chicken that was running around living its best life. And you're just tossing that shit out because, you know, you drink, you had too many fucking endless breadsticks or whatever. (laughs) So, Josh, you, I feel like I read somewhere that you have admittedly said that you weren't the most athletic kid growing up. Is that true? I was super not. I don't, I was like, man, I was struggle bus for a long time. I don't, I don't know what the hell my problem was. But here's what's weird though. So like you were not an athletic kid, but yet you were an elite wrestler and you fought professionally in MMA, right? So I was actually thinking about that, and I was—it was on my mind. I do a little uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, 
which mm-hmm. I have to I have to by Men- contract mention once a show. Right. And our, uh, our Belgian friend. <laughs> whether someone wants to be a pro fighter or like a USPSA master shooter, a tactical athlete, a successful businessman in, in your case right now, uh, there seems to be some common strategies to those successes. So I'm just curious, like, what advice would you give to others looking to reach the top level in their field or a field they're looking to aspire to? One of the, this is a lesson that my dad taught me. Um, and, I, and I think this helped kind of mold me into the the athlete that I, that I've become. And I think, you know, that obviously carried over into a lot of other aspects in my life, the, the, the work ethic and, and mentality. And when I, I was playing flag football and every day before practice, we would, we would do it like a team lap around the entire football field. And like, for whatever reason, man, I just like had a terrible running gait and I was like super slow. Like I wasn't, I, I mean, I, I didn't look like I shouldn't be able to run. Like I was not overweight or like, you know, whatever, but man, I was like always finishing in the back of the line. Cause I just ran like a goofball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I could describe it. I don't know. Like I ran like Herman Munster. I, I want, um, proof. I want proof. Where's the video? Well, this this was this was before this is before video was a thing, man. Um, Lucky for you, way back story. Like I know. Story. Thank goodness, oh, man. And so, you know, of course, my dad was was super athletic and like apparently was like the fastest kid alive. Like he ran track and was just which is like burying people. Um, so I knew it was it was a huge pain point for him to have this you know, son just trying his best, but just sucking like all get out. But he was, he was, you know, as kind as he could be with it. And he was like, look, man, just, just try and get in front of the next person in front of you. Like each, each day, try and move up a little bit further in the pack. You know, cause my thing, I was disappointed. I was like, I want to be first. I want to be, I want to be in the front one of these times. And he's like, Hey man, you're not just going to do that overnight. You're not just going to magically like, wake up and be faster. He's like, you got to try and you got to try and get there one step at a time. So I, that was, that was kind of my thing where I just set a goal for, all right, every day I want to get further up in the line and finish closer to the front and closer to the front. And by the end of the year, it was me and the the starting quarterback. He was the fastest kid on the team, neck and neck. Um, and you know, I, I, I carried that and, and into the next year and the next year and the next year, that same mentality. And then, you know, I was the starting quarterback and then I was, you know, one of like three sixth graders to play middle school football. And then I transitioned to high school football and I started wrestling. And, and so I just kept trying to inch my way, you know, further and further into the front until all of a sudden, like, Hey man, I'm kind of running the show here. Like, man, do you think that do you think that was like a competitive nature that you had that was instilled from you that kept you kept driving you forward? Work ethic, competitive. Yeah, no, I mean definitely definitely competitive. I mean, one hundred percent. It was like, you know, I, I think there's, and and I don't think it's a bad thing. We need that competitive stuff. We actually no, need no, people to go not and, enough of it and do some stuff, right? And then we we should have something like, man, I wonder if I could do that. And then the question should be. I wonder if I can do that better or maybe it's maybe it's as good and then better as is the progression. The only problem that I see t- today with the competitiveness is I, I observe 
a lot of people being competitive, but the problem is, is they can't accept when they've lost mm. and, and, and not able to, t- to take that loss and drive them forward. So to speaking as someone to... who is uh, in jujitsu and I trying to make, his, knew you were gonna make his way and Josh, you're hey, a black belt. Listen, you're, this you're guy's a, a fucking two-stripe white belt. You listen to what he has to say, <laughs> gosh dang it. Uh, well, that's where I was going with this. As someone who loses on a regular basis, <laughs> a lot. I don't know. Are you actually a two-stripe white belt? Is that right? Did I I'm a, that? No, I'm a one-stripe blue belt. Oh, that's fuck a, me. I'm sorry, dude. I did not mean that's cool. to insult you like that. That's, that's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. And what's even better is it took me forever to get that one stripe blue belt. No, but what I was going to say is get my ass handed to me on a regular basis. And it is so mentally challenging because it's so easy to just not want to show up again. And all I can think of is if I don't show up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and I just stop. All that time I put in to get to that one straight blue belt was just wasted, right? Like I wasted yeah. all that time and effort. Yeah. It seems like such a waste of it seems like such a waste of time at that point. And, and I and I think you know, just Josh, I know we're we're really just meeting for the first time, and of course it's virtually. But you know, knowing what I know about you now, and Mike as well as I know you, and as well as you know me, we're not like those people that I'm talking about. We're not like those people that you know throw a hissy fit when they don't get their way, you know, and, and then give up and then, you know, don't move on. We take this competitiveness. And I think what Josh, you were kind of describing, you know, growing into the quarterback of the football team and, you know, playing in sixth grade out of RC level, like those things that were happening to you were because of your competitive nature. And the fact that you weren't where you wanted to be when you wanted to be there, you kept pushing yourself to get there. I don't see enough of that. So Josh, you're a black belt in, in jiu-jitsu, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So like you tell me from, from the other end of the spectrum, if, if this is true, right? Cause this is how I've always sort of felt it to be is, um, it is important to be competitive against your training partners. And if you compete against the people you compete in, and if it's professional, like you did against obviously the people you're fighting against, but really you're competing against yourself, right? Like I've always thought of myself like, man, that guy that walked in, that was a two stripe white belt. The one stripe blue belt would literally destroy that white belt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, yep. the, the the old the me of years ago would not do very well against the me today. You know, blue belt, black belt, purple belt doesn't matter. But did you feel that way as you were progressing through your belt system? Good question. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. As you man, if you're if you're not feeling that way, you're going in the wrong direction, right? Like something is amiss. And you know, there is this this it's it's a weird um paradox right where people are like man the only one i'm competing against is me right and you know guys say that and it looks cool on a on a motivational poster or a meme <laughs> it is or a weird paradox <laughs> i never but, thought of it that way it is a weird paradox right but but also like man you you need something to evaluate that on in most circumstances like i guess okay if you're like just you know trying to get your pr for your bench press up and you know just I'm sure fucking I got to get three plates on the bar because that's what fucking real men do or, or whatever or four <laughs> plates or fucking five plates if you're you know super strong whatever and and so yeah I mean that is kind of an individual sport except for also it's not like dudes compete against other dudes in powerlifting competition so you still have you know this this you know notion of like man I need to see how I stack up against other 
human beings. And I think that that's valuable because without that um, frame of reference, your, your perception is kind of useless, right? Yeah, if like, yeah. man, if I don't ever check in again, p- comparison is the thief of joy, right? And so if we, if we're always comparing to others, then man, it's going to be a miserable fucking life. Yeah. And we're probably are going to get discouraged and just end up quitting. Well, listen, without, without the losses, the wins would be meaningless, right? So you have to lose to appreciate the win. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we've, we've, we've kind of gotten this idea that like failure is a four letter word, right? We're like, man, you never, yeah, failure's not an option. And it's like bullshit, man. Like it's a 50, 50 chance. It's binary. Either you win or you're, you're, you don't like well, speaking of those failures out of yeah. the few losses that you've had in your professional career. What's the yeah. one you wish you could do a do over? Oh man. Did you fight Bellator? <sighs> I did a couple of times. Okay. Um, I want to give you an honest answer. But I want it's not an the one, answer. It's not the one that you want. I it's want not it. the one you're looking I for. I don't want any. I want the one you want to give me. No, it's not the one that people want to hear. Um, I, no, don't do that. Yeah, no, come on. Don't, don't game answer. it. Don't yeah. game the system. <laughs> no, a savage honestly, would do that. Honestly, man, I... I couldn't, I couldn't take, I couldn't take any of them back. I oh, really couldn't. Okay. No, one of them you got to want to redo. You, you got <laughs> a close wanna, one, like a close you one. Go back and you want to be like, man, if I could have done that one more time. But one went the, to the judges is, card. The problem is, I I fucking needed those. I needed those losses. I needed to go through that. I would not. I one hundred percent, beyond a shadow of a doubt, believe that I would not be the man that I am today. Had I not suffered those defeats no, in you the wouldn't. way that you'd I be, suffered, you'd be you'd have one more in the win column. <laughs> I, I, I would, and that would have, and I think that, that that would have truly changed my trajectory. And I don't think All I don't right, think I'm that gonna it try would to put been, you, I'm going to try to give you some help. Uh, I the one that I thought maybe was Jeremy Spoon because he went five rounds. Yeah, that one fucking sucked. <laughs> I mean, they all sucked. They all sucked. Okay, Losses the first suck, one, man. the first loss. Was was really shitty because the guy I thought was terrible and he had no business was Pablo, ever beating was me in a Pablo, million years. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it, that was such a fucking fluke. So he he hit me, sat me on my ass. Like I sat up and the ref called it, and I was like, "You got to be shitting me!" Uh, and so he and that was for a title. So then he fought a guy, got his ass handed to him, like actually got his arm broken by the dude, and then. I fought that guy who beat the guy who beat me and I made him tap to strikes in like, in like the first minute. So it was like, fuck man. And that was the one that actually broke my undefeated streak. I had uh, on like, like fucking 12 fights. So that's gotta be the one you want to take back. That's the one. That's the one. So that one, that one, that one, that one, say it, but <laughs> that one sucked. But here's, here's the thing that was really good about that loss is it took the pressure off because yeah. man, I had really built up this thing of like, fuck, I got to be this undefeated fighter. That's the of way course. I'm going to you know, make my name. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well, you know, after, after the initial, like, you know, ass pain and, or, or, or um, you know, my ego bruising had, had gone down. It, it was like, all right, well, you know, my family still loves me. And you know, the sun came up the next day and, I guess all isn't lost. And it really took a lot of the pressure off 
for that. Um, the Jeremy Spoon one was a really shitty one because he was that was a winnable fight as well. I mean, the dude's tough. He's a good fighter. Um, and, and, and I think, and honestly, I did underestimate him a little bit. But that aside, dude, I just couldn't get it going that fight. You ever have yeah. those moments where your body's just like, yeah, yeah no, we're not, not doing today. this today. Not today, yeah. Yeah, so despite, I mean, despite that loss, I actually, I want to, I have one more thing I want to talk about with guns, and then, uh, Keith, I know yeah, you Yeah, no, no, let's just keep talking about all my losses, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to segue you off of this loss, despite that <laughs> no, loss. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> despite that loss, um, I mean, you still, you were an accomplished fighter, right? I mean, you fought professionally, and that's amazing. I'm, I'm, something. I'm, the okayest fighter that probably but you stepped none of in your the, listeners you have stepped, heard of. You stepped in the octagon, and that yeah. is something very few people will ever do. So despite all that, some would say a guy like you, you know, you're a capable fighter. You don't need a gun. Yet, time and time again, I find fighters, and I know a lot of fighters, a lot of you know, jujitsu players, they all not all, but many, many, many people in martial arts tend to be very pro-gun and uh, are often concealed carriers it's very weird and i i've always asked this question to people like why do you think that is because it's just weird like in society there's a lot of people who really hate guns but man you go into a jujitsu gym and like you'll find a bunch of people who either own them want to own them or are, yeah are well, okay with I'll, it you know well let me let me ask you this you 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 have a driver's license you own a vehicle right a few a few okay uh, dude why don't you just ride a horse everywhere i don't own a horse what the fuck? <laughs> very inconvenient yeah but you can get a horse gotta feed yeah. them you know yeah but cars are dangerous man you can get into an accident you could kill somebody with that That's car true. you could get your own self killed why it's would true. you fucking right and and so i i say that i think i need to a horse. make the point of like when you when you realize that there is a more efficient tool for a task um and and you you have kind of entrenched yourself in that task which is like protecting yourself and fighting it's like man you know in a in a hand-to-hand fight there's always a a puncher's chance right right. or or, you know the 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 trust me i know i've been there the the better fighter doesn't always win um in that and you know so having something that that can very quickly and efficiently end a situation in your favor makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, why would you not give yourself that advantage? Right. It's why a force would you multiplier, not? right? It's a force yeah, multiplier. It's 100% yeah. a force multiplier. And it's also a great deterrent as well. And to, to potentially, you know, that's why I like open carry. Mike does not like open carry, but I would love to open I, carry if I could. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I, I can see both sides of it. Um, but I, you do agree that I'm right on it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> just joke. I'm just joking. Sorry. Um, you, the one that comes to mind for me, and you'll get this. I don't think Keith knows it, but like you know the whole like Anthony Smith story, right? Maybe. So you know who Anthony Smith is MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So he he had a home invasion. And like middle of the night, guy like he heard a noise. He went down, and like the guy just like. He got into like a tussle with the guy and he said like, here's like a trained 
MMA fighter, like a beast. And he was, I, he was like, admittedly, like he's like, I, I think the guy was on like PCP or something. I could be wrong about that, but he was like, I, he's like, I was just struggling. Like it was, he was scared for his life. Well, that you're, you're talking kind of uh, another serious thing I was going to say before I made the joke there. But what, what I was saying was you can't thinking you can't pick your opponent. You know, so the only way to guarantee an equal fight is sort of to have a better efficient tool to have a, a multiplier, force multiplier, and a firearm. And then, is that. and then also, and also be be skilled and adept, right? In that thing, like you know, I think there is this illusion of like, well, if I have a gun, I'll be fine. And a, a lot of people adopt that with a blade as well. They're like, well, I got a fucking knife on me, and it's like, um, okay, but like, man, that that. Uh, to me, actually, a knife is way more terrifying than a gun because a oh, knife is oh, yeah. always De- on. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, like it's never, you know, you, it, it, you know, it's always loaded. There's no safety. Like that thing is ready to go always. Like at least a gun, maybe it can malfunction. Maybe, you know, there's some some wiggle room there, but we don't want to admit that publicly. You know, I mean, we're fine with admitting it publicly, but America for some reason has a problem with that. But I, I read an article that, um, a while back you had done like a 21 day survival challenge. Yeah. Uh huh. Tell, tell us a little bit about that experience. You know, uh, what, what did you bring with you? Um, so this was a TV show, um, for the discovery channel called ultimate ninja challenge, which does not sound anything like a survival show. I actually thought that um, was the one where they jump up and down on the little <laughs> Ninja Warriors. Literally <laughs> everybody does. Every single person does. And I was like, man, you guys really shit the bed on your marketing for this. <laughs> did. Like, Terrible. You, you, I had you guys, no idea. I read both of those things about you, Josh. I really did not realize they were the same thing. I they really were connected. Thought- no, of course not. How could you? Um, it was really interesting. You know, they, they, they came up with some creative challenges and, you know, that in itself made it more difficult because you weren't ever in a set place. You were constantly moving. Right. So, I mean, we had some luxuries that, that probably, you know, people on a loan wouldn't be afforded or, or, you know, some of my buddies that have done like, you know, you would have to like go from a location and then we'd go to another location. So it's like, all right, well, we're not completely removed from civilization. Like we're not off the grid, but so you, you did get kind of a break, but not really because it's not like they're feeding you, you know what I mean, in between. And it's not like you're getting really anything out of it. And then all the shit that you made in the one location to live and survive, you have to leave and you got to go and do it all over again on the new thing with the new challenge that you have like two or three days to complete. So one of them was we had to build a raft and we had to float it down this fucking glacial runoff river for however long. So we had to they, they did give us some axes. And so we had to like chop down trees and lash together this raft and float it down this torrential river. There were like challenges. They were, they were giving you like these like challenges to do. Yeah. There was like a tag or they call them like missions. Right. Okay. So like they, they were just different missions. Like one time we had to build a rope bridge and cross it. Um, we had a, we had a wooden dummy captive that we had to transport and we had to like rig up something to like lower it down a waterfall and then lower ourselves down the waterfall. So it was like, it was pretty gnarly stuff. And it's funny because in the moment, I never, it never really like felt like there was never the, even the like notion of not being able to complete the task. You know what I mean? Or, or like failure. Right. It was just right. like, Oh yeah, this is what we're doing today. Okay, cool. Yeah. All yeah, right. You're, well, you're you go the make moment. the fire. 
You're yeah. in the, you're in and the then movie. I went back and watched it and I was like, holy shit, that was so dicey. Like what the <laughs> fuck would have happened if, if, you know, any number of things hadn't gone the way, you know, hadn't gone right. It was like, man, that was super sketchy. I got a question for you. One last question. Yeah. Where where can people find you? Because I want to move to a... We do a game on this show. I want to get you on. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. you're going to like it. It's real razzle-dazzle, only, by the way. Only if I win, because I'm you, competitive. Well, uh, you'll have to you're see how to, fast you answer see. the questions. Yeah. But where can, where can people find you? Yeah, so for me personally, um, I'm Josh Tyler MMA on pretty much all social media. And then for the company, Savage Gentleman, it's... Savage Gentleman Official on Instagram and Facebook. And then SavageGentleman.com is the website where they can find all the cool stuff that we sell. Our podcast lives there. I've got some blog articles um, as well. And yeah, that's probably the yeah. easiest way. And we oh, uh, we also have a uh, closed Facebook group called the League of Savage Gentlemen, which is, I think, pretty cool. We got about almost 20,000 members in there and a pretty active of guys just talking about different things on what it means to be a savage or a gentleman or how they're and, and, and really just kind of giving advice and mentoring each other on how to walk through that path. Cause you know, man, some of us need some guidance from time to time. And, and a lot of guys I don't think have a good outlet for that. That's amazing. Yeah. I have, I have all those in the show notes. I don't have your, the personal ones, but uh, I do have all the company stuff in the actual show notes. So cool. the game that we play on the show is called running gun. So it's a 10 question rapid fire game where we'll ask you a question and we want you to give us the very first answer that comes to your mind and uh, we'll see if you can be faster than Tony Simon. Tony Simon, I think is fast as ever. Yeah. yeah. He was ridiculous. Oof. So anyway, you ready to do this? Are they, well, all right. So real quick, are yeah. they trivia questions? No, no. Or are they opinion based? They're opinion based. Yeah. Personal preference, opinion. Got it. Yep. Okay, cool. Got it. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to send it. All right, here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your Five. personal collection? <laughs> uh, sorry, was that too fast? <laughs> we'll restart right, that. Let's start we'll, over. We'll restart yeah, that restart. for you. All right. Number <laughs> yeah. one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Uh, Browning. Double barrel over under shotgun. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Ooh, probably lever action. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Jesus. Favorite caliber? 45. Favorite hobby not gun related? Choking people. <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Invincibility. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Pistol. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Oh, fuck. Oh, my gosh. He's the baddest motherfucker I know. I don't know. Oh, that's a hard one. Who do I want having my back? Damn, I've never really thought about that. Um, another me. Can I clone myself? It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. All right, that was pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the last one crushed you, though. 
Well, he, I know, he, man, that was really hard. And I don't really love that answer, but I knew I wasn't going to come up with anybody. Like I just I had to get something out there. I was like, I wasn't sure man, if you I know. I wasn't sure if you were saying Jesus just to give a minute to think, or if you really wanted to drink. No, with Jesus. no, like JC, my man. <laughs> well, your beard is the same as his, so you know, you guys have similar beards. And That's you, true. you won for me when you started with a Browning over under. So, I, I, oh, I was cool. Good. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I will. That was my great grandfather's shotgun that he passed down to me, and it's it's fucking it's Belgian made. It's it's a beautiful work of art. I will say this. You weren't the fastest yeah. time, but you took it very serious, and I appreciate that. Okay, that's yeah. fine. And you know what? We all had fun, and we're still dear friends, and that's all that matters. In my <laughs> oh, that's great. Who needs to kill a bear? <laughs> all right, so Top Gear is brought to you by On-Site Firearms Training. They have an extensive course offering and teach classes across the country. You're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs, so check them out and get trained by the same outfit that trains the gun experiment. So we got our ad read out of the way, Keith. Man, that sounded good. Did you, you like write that? that? I did write that. I'm a bit of a word. Solid. Yeah. Solid. So on this episode of Top Gear, we review the P365 grip module from Wilson Combat and discuss shooting jackets. I'm going to put this out there to the listeners really quick. Normally, I don't have a guest review their own products, but Keith is a huge trap fan, shooting shooting trap, and your shooting jackets are super nice Very so i thought that we could just uh you could just tell us about your jackets bend but the rules a little bit. it will bend the rules a little bit so well, we'll i mean we'll also but it. like how many how many black belts have you guys had on the show oh that's uh, a good question no. yeah it's ever, black belt man. privilege man wait uh tony blower nah he's not a black belt definitely not he's not, not, even, a, B, not a bjj black belt no nah, he doesn't do jujitsu no, yeah. he doesn't even. He just started doing jujitsu, and he like he doesn't do that sissy jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> That's yeah, for yeah. poofs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Geisler's a brown belt now, so that he yeah. he's not a black. So all right. Um, so for here, well, you're, you're welcome the one. for getting your cherry popped on all right. <laughs> black belts. Uh, all right. So I'll tell you what. I'll go first. I'll show you how it's done, Josh, and then you. Yeah, can. please. All right. I'm going to be reviewing the Wilson Combat Grip Module for the P365. So I have it here in Studio Keith. You safety checked this already, right? I did. All right. So we are clear. And this thing is really, really sweet. So I bought this. It was a $65 grip module. And I'm just going to give the highlights on it. So it has the uh, classic Wilson Combat uh, Starburst pattern. Very attractive looking. Very nice looking. And it doesn't it's, even look like a sick P365. No, it's, it totally <clears throat> transforms it, right? Yeah. And it's got like, I like the original grip. It's actually one of the things I was, why I like the, the SIG. But uh, this is super grippy. I mean, I'll give it to you. It's yeah. super, super like grippy, grippy. And it's not that like stippled. It's kind of like Is it just nubby. a hair wider too? So yeah, so I'll get to that. It has, uh, my grip is the, I have a hybrid here. So what I did is I built a 365 XL slide with a right. 365 grip. You wanted to be more like me. I know. So the 365 grip that comes with it has no beaver tail. Insert joke there. <laughs> uh, but this one has a has a legit beaver tail. So uh, you're not going to get that slide bite or whatever. So that's an improvement. Uh, it has, And yes, this answers your question. It has a much more pronounced palm swell on it. So it makes, in my opinion, it makes the gun feel a bit more robust and a little larger than the original grip. It, it makes it feel a little bit bigger than it actually is. It does. Right, you would agree with that? Yeah, I would. And no, then- Not not the overall length um, around the palm, but but 
the thickness of it is definitely it makes it feel like a more a bigger gun. Yeah, it's a little richer feeling I yeah. think than the original. And um, I paired it with a Zevtech extended magazine release. When I, I, <laughs> you're t- I'm just just gonna comment on that part. I noticed right away is much more comfortable that extended mag release. Yeah. So when I bought the gun, the one thing that almost made me not buy it was I, I couldn't release the magazine without totally changing my grip. And, and I was like, and, ah, whatever. Like, a, as we've recently discovered, that grip, keep maintaining that grip for you. Uh, yeah, it's a, a big piece. problem for me. So uh, I bought that. It wasn't cheap. It was $42, but I did think it was important. Oh. So I did I did splurge. I actually thought that went apart. I, I thought it was a part of the of the whole thing. So. No, no, I upgraded that. Uh, it was a totally different company. And, uh, and then I added from Wilson Combat, they have these tungsten weights, these little rods, and they have a spot in the grip. Oh, yeah. Can I have that back? That it goes into and it gives a little more weight to it to help with the I wanted, recoil. I wanted to take that out and see if I could see that real quick. Yeah, you can take it apart. Um, so overall, I mean, I like it. I took it to the course that we just shot and I did not shoot well, but that was a lot of me. And uh, once once Ben made fun of my gun. <laughs> you what, instantly started to shoot I better. instantly shot a three by three index card uh, perfectly. So just make fun of what I'm shooting and apparently my competitive nature kicks in and uh, fuck you. This go, does that slide release go up or down? Come on. You want to take your own gun apart? I'm, yours is not staying down. Anyway. All right. Whatever. So anyway, that is it. Uh, I do like it. I, I like it a lot. And um, uh, I would recommend it if you want a gun that's uh, a grip that's a little bit more, like I said, robust, a little grippier, has a full beaver tail. Overall, good stuff. So I like it. I will give more feedback down the road when I've shot it a little bit more. Yeah, I wanted to see these. Where do these Tuscan things go? So, oh, you can't see them because I have. I now have the. If you look down here, you'll see them. Down the mag release or in the magwell. See them, the little rods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the back side there. Yeah, and you just put a little bit of like. They, they, um, they have different weights, or they're all just you two could, small, one big is what they have. So you can take out the big one and just do the two smalls, yeah. or vice versa. I mean, it definitely like even just holding. <laughs> you know, just the just just the grip module, just holding that by itself, you can feel like that weight really does. That's definitely going to help with recoil management for sure. Yeah, I, I I really do think I do think that it is a definite added benefit. I mean, it's, they were twenty bucks, right? So for twenty bucks, if they add a little bit more to it, it's worth it. You need all the help you can get, buddy. I really do, <laughs> including a bigger gun, according to Ben. Well, you did shoot it better after he made fun of it. That is true. So anyway. That is what I have. So, Josh, we have uh, for you the Savage Gentleman Ketchum Shooting Jacket and Shooting Vest. So, these things are beautiful. Oh, they're so nice. I have them. I'm <laughs> going to put them up on our big screen so we can look at them. I mean, and currently they're out of stock. I hope by the time this comes on air, that you get more in. Yeah, no, no, we we should we should have we should have them back actually very soon. I just got an email actually uh, earlier today saying. We're we're getting close. They, we should have them back up and running. So by the time, yeah, by the time you're hearing this, um, they're they they are back in the wild. The material just looks so rich, you know, like it just. It, it, well, and the images don't actually do it justice. Um, the the thing I really love the the fabric, and I and I have to give a lot of credit to my wife here. She is our designer. Um, she's well, been kudos. in the industry for a number of years. She's worked for Browning and, and some other companies design high, do their high end apparel. Um, 
And 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 the selection on this, it's it's got so many colors in it. So you look at it and you're like, oh, it's a green jacket. But then if you zoom in close, you can actually see that it has it's got it's got this this uh, pattern. And so you see in the tweed, there's actually a red, and then there's a there's a blue as well, which is really nice from like a fashion standpoint because you can you can pair it with a lot of different things. It, it actually adds to the versatility. Yeah, I zoomed um, in really close. It's cool looking for sure. Yeah, so you can see the different the different um, colorways in it, which I think are really cool. And one of the things I like about this, as opposed to a lot of other things on the market, is that we built this piece from the ground up. This wasn't a design that we just took off the rack from somewhere and slapped our logo on it. Like This didn't exist until we made it. Um, and so, so we went with that, that fabric is actually a, a 50, 50 wool poly blend. And a lot of guys, a lot of purists are like, oh, that's bullshit, man. But, you know, why would you put polyester? And people have this weird thing about polyester. That it's like <laughs> cheap and that it sucks and it's lower quality, but actually very practical. this was though. an intention. It, it's super practical. It actually enhances the durability and the performance of the piece. So you kind of get the best of both worlds where you get all the benefits of a wool garment, but then you also get, you know, the modern technology benefits of, of the, the poly. You need to tell, so, your, you need to tell your wife to design like a flat hat for this, like in the same material to match oh, it. Oh, no shit. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. a great idea. Shit, have, man. You, where, where I, are you? Have, you can have that for free, Josh. You can take okay. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm looking so, at this thing so, zoomed in, Josh, and I have to say, so your your logo is the, uh, you have the brass knuckles with the straight, uh-huh. straight edge razor, right? And, it's a little detail. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking, and so... I, the viewers can't see this, but they can go to your the, site, obviously. The shoulder pad. where You, you have the shoulder pad, and it's the red stitching, and it has your logo very discreetly put on it. Mm-hmm. And the buttons are beautiful buttons, and they say Savage Yeah, so that's a, that's a nut. So the buttons are a rose of nut, which is a really cool material. Um, the, I got to um, wear nuts? The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't, we didn't want just your everyday run-of-the-mill jacket right we wanted it to be a special unique piece i mean obviously a, a shooting jacket um is not something that that everyone comes across but we wanted to design it in a way that like man you could wear this out to dinner and no one would be like ah what's this country bumpkin you know what i mean like a lot of hunting gear is not super passable for you know um going out to dinner in at a, at a decent restaurant like yeah man you're going to the denny's whatever but you know, maybe you could wear this to the Denny's. Class it up a little bit. You could wear this to Denny's. In fact, I have worn it to Denny's. Like, Damn, that's a that's a classy motherfucker right there. Yeah, they um, are very they are very classy. I, I will ke- say, you want ketchup with that moons over my hammy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the so the leather shooting pack that's actually lamb wool. So it's so it's got the benefit of of the leather durability, but it's still like soft. Like a lot of times, people, you know, for for a clothing garment. You want the 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 pliability, but you still need the idea of the shooting the the shoulder patches is you know to be more durable and, and provide a little bit more cushion than what your regular fabric would. So so we went with that, and then I don't know if you can see it on the picture here anywhere. Maybe it's on the vest, but the in the inner lining is actually this really dope um, camo. That we that we oh yeah you can see it on the vest a camo liner on the inside on the vest which is on the jackets as well and it's just a little you know just a little, little detail there that yeah you know that again I think sets it apart and and 
a lot of people might look at it and like, oh, man, that's just for prissy city boys that want to look like they do stuff. And it's like I've actually gone hunting in it. I mean, I've, I've worn the vest doing just about anything outdoors you would want to do from like chopping wood to running a chainsaw to shooting quail. Um, I mean, you know, not, not that is what you should be doing in it. It's the point that you could. You know what I mean? Like we wanted to make again a piece that would look every bit as gentleman, but also performed as a savage. So that was kind of the. How about sizing? How about sizing, Josh? Like, um, oh, I see. So you the pic- sizing you got a picture is, here. You got a picture here. Yeah, we've got a chart. Um, the, the sizing is pretty true. The jackets have a bice wing shoulder Man. to allow some some mobility because you know if you're going to try and shoulder a gun, you need to be able. You're not going to do that in your. So they're um, functional. It's your, a functional piece. In your feeling, suit jacket. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good by this. I, I'm not the biggest size on this anymore. Dude, like, you lost a lot of weight, bro. I'm like feeling like, wow, I, I think I would fit in this XL. So the first thing, the one thing I do have to say here, Josh, and I'm, and I'm just putting yeah. it out there for the listener is the, these are not your, you're not going to Walmart and buying one of these. Like the, the jacket is $397. The vest is $220. And the Porter vest, which is a little more stylish, is two forty. But I, mm. I do the reason I'm saying well, that, that one's is, reversible. That was reversible. So that's leather on one side and then wool oh, on the other. So you're yes, kind of getting two jackets for the price of one on that that's one. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, I mean, with these this are is, they, they are spendy. You know what I mean? They're like bespoke. They, they are. These like are bespoke. They're bespoke. I mean, this is like you know, this isn't like your run of the mill stuff. This is like you said, it's higher end. So you know. All those little details cost money. Well, the, the details cost money. The materials cost money. And the 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 quality of it, you know what I mean? Like like the way that it's put together, you know, is 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 a big part of it. You know, you can't you can't find good shit for you know what I mean for <laughs> bargain prices. It just doesn't work course, that way, unfortunately. We so you know we we try to set it and and something that that wasn't so outrageous that no one could buy it but we also didn't want to just just come up with a piece of garbage that you could you could just buy off the rack at walmart it's like that already exists you know i mean if you want that go to walmart go buy that if you want something that you're gonna wear to work you know in the oil field like yeah man get a pair of car hearts like because we get a lot that we get that from people like man i just buy a car heart you know, I could buy three car hearts. For, like, well, then do it, bro. Go for it. <laughs> Knock yourself out. No, this, but again, is, this is for someone who's looking for something a little more original and and something that, that you know, fits a, a, a style to them, a particular so style. My well, question, it's, a, it, it, it's a statement piece, to be sure. For sure. For sure. So my question is, Keith, would you would you rock this at the club? Could you rock this at the club? <sighs> I So I, I thought about, I definitely think I would do the vest, you know, and, and I would shoot. You know, I would shoot trap or ski it with the vest. Um, the jacket, I feel like to me, just looks a little more like a, p- a piece that I would wear out. You know, yeah. at, I actually like a this little porter. too proper. Yeah, yeah. I actually like this porter vest, and I was looking. I'm like, why does it look like it's leather? I didn't realize it was reversible, but that's like that's like dope with the re- the leather with like the flannel under. I wear a lot of flannels, like especially in the fall. And yeah. That's like a really mm-hmm. dope look. You know, I mean, I have the cool beard like you. Yeah, do, but- so it's got that that herringbone <laughs> tweed on on the other side so the idea is like all right man i'm out doing whatever being a savage with my leather out you know what i mean for added protection and then okay i'm done oh shit i gotta meet the wife for dinner yeah so that jacket, baby take the best reverse it you know what i mean maybe yeah. you change your shirt 
the clothing matches your ethos. That's amazing. The vi- the vision <laughs> the vision I sort of get when I look at like the jacket is um, more like if I was hunting in England with like a bunch yes. of dogs and like, it does you know, feel like, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's you know? uh, it's for sure. Like it does give off some fox hunting vibes. Which is, is our like, club too funny? Well. Yeah, yeah, probably. Right. I mean, I, I but you can class it up, I, man. I, just, just show that. Just, I mean, what a fucking big dick energy move to run up in there with, with these guys, on. all these yeah. fuds, with this jacket. Be like, what's up now? And now you got to shoot amazing, though. Like, if you can't suck at, you can't, you can't be well, terrible. Then, then Mike, you can't wear a shooting trap because. Yeah, yeah, I'm more tactical, but I do, I do, I do genuinely <laughs> actually really like this. So I, I'm, I'm rocking it, but. Um, so anyway, Josh, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. You know, I, I was thinking a lot about this and, you know, in our current societal and political climate, it really often feels to me like our second amendment rights and our rights as men are both sort of under attack. And our show is a lot about the second amendment, but man, as, as a dude, it feels shitty a lot of the time. So thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're doing. You know, it takes men like you to stand up unapologetically and let it be known that nature intended good men to be self-reliant capable even dangerous when need be but always in control and refined so we can take lessons from that as both men and gun owners and i really appreciate you jumping on with us and talking about your ethos and and everything that we got to have this conversation about thanks man no it's been a blast and honestly i feel like it's only under attack if we let it be under attack you know what i mean it, we have to give it away. It can't be taken from us. So the tr- the choice is ours, how we move forward. I think guys, I just encourage guys to continue to live their authentic self, continue to develop both their savage and their gentleman side and, and just keep working on being the best versions that they can be. And I think it'll, it'll sort itself out. Well, thanks for everything you're doing, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. My pleasure. Thanks guys.